how many of you guys go and watch, uh, listen to the iPods, the podcasts that we do? They're really good. I mean, they're worth listening to, and they're worth refreshing and getting yourselves um, on that. Sorry, I'm trying to use this iPad now too. So printing loads of notes all over the time, all over everywhere. Okay. I've been really, really blessed and astounded, really, of the cross, what Jesus did after he died, after he rose from the dead. And when Mary saw him, he says, don't torture me. I've got to go and ascend to heaven. I've got to take my blood into heaven. And really, that's when the change took place. We were talking, this is about living in your inheritance. Living in the inheritance. What you'll find tonight, if I get a chance to finish it, is... Just how defeated the devil is. I mean, and Jesus' victory is our victory. It's dawning on me that Jesus' inheritance, everything that Jesus inherited when he rose from the dead and he's put his blood on that brazen altar in heaven, is mine. It's yours. Because I'm in him. Colossians 3.3 Love it. According to this world you've died and your new life is hidden in Christ in God. That might be the Amplified Version I'm just saying. Listen to this. Colossians 2.4, don't put this up, yeah go on, it's a superb one. This is what it says. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle triumphanting over them in it now we're going to come back to that at the end but Jesus had to take his blood and it had to be put on a brazen altar in the sanctuary in heaven it had to go there because heaven had been defiled what? that's a bit weird I mean you don't get that in Star Wars but it's the truth. There was a war in heaven. Well, I'll get the scriptures for you in a minute. There was a rebellion, the Bible says, in book of Job. Job 1 verse 6, it says this. Now there was, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also with them the throne of God 
Satan turned up at the throne of God? How could he get there in the beginning? What right has that evil spirit got a right to have and come before the throne of God? So it's, it's obvious, we're going to come to that in a minute. All the other angelic hopes turned up there to give God the praise and the worship that he deserves without a shadow of a doubt. Right? There's a little bit that goes on after that, after in Job 1 and 6, but we're not talking about the book of Job and what took place there. We're talking about Satan being able to come before the throne of God. Right? And it says this, Satan was in the Garden of Eden, sent there, according to Hebrews 2, as a servant to the heirs of salvation. And he was in the Garden, there designed to serve Adam and Eve. But something was in his heart that changed his whole motive and wickedness was found in him. Consequently, he caused Adam and Eve to sin and take from the fruits from the knowledge of the tree and the knowledge of good and evil. And by doing that, the authority that God gave Adam, they handed it over to Satan. Right? That's the short version. In so doing that, all the authority in the dominion that God gave to Adam, Adam handed over to Satan. So Satan became the god of this world. And I want to tell you, he still is. Okay. Matthew 4, verses 8 to 11. We can see this from Jesus' temptation. I just want to um, solidify and get some scripture to you to say that about Satan being the god of this world and this age. And it says in Matthew 4, verse 8 onwards, Again, at Jesus' temptation, the devil took him unto an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to them, All these things I will give you <coughs> Excuse me. If you fall down and worship me, then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Satan is the God of this world. Why had you answer it? And that's it. Well, Satan took Jesus and showed him all, what's the word it says here? All the kingdoms of the world. And he offered to give it to Jesus for the worship. But Jesus did what Adam and Eve didn't do and should have done. Spoke to the devil with the word and says, 
You shall not tempt. No, they're not going to say that, but on your bike is another good one. Or go away, God said this, which is completely different. He resisted the devil, and the devil had to flee. We see that in Peter. Jesus spoke scripture to the devil. But he did what he didn't do, he didn't deny his authority. He didn't deny his ability to be able to do what he said he could do. Because Satan is the god of this world, of this age. John had a revelation in one of his letters. You've heard this before from here. 1 John 5, 19. Don't put this up, Lewis, please. We know that we are God, that we are from God, or of God, but the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. 1 John 5.19 In Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 it talks about being the God of this age in the power of the air with the spirit of disobedience. You know some people say, and I, I, I can't disagree, that the battle in hell that took place, the devil wasn't in hell, by the way, when Jesus went to hell. He went there for another reason. But the devil wasn't in hell. Okay. He's, he's trying hard not to go there. Really hard. He's been cast to the earth. But the part for Jesus was to, to battle through was the power of the air. This is where God is the power of the air. Ephesians 2 verses 1 and 2. It'll tell you that. But anyway, this is a lovely, great story. Jesus sent, sent out 70 people. Disciples and followers. He said, I'm going to give you authority over the powers of darkness. I'm going to go out and share the gospel and do all the things. And they're going to submit to you. Oh, okay, Lord. Enough, they went. Coming back in Luke 10, 18 to 20, this is what it said. Remember, actually, if you read this story in the Bible, you'll see they came back and they were casting out demons, they were healing, and they were doing incredible things in his name. And I was going, wow, this is great, fantastic. Lord, we did this and we did that and we did the other. Jesus said this. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And that's pretty powerful when you think about it. Do rejoice around names are written in heaven. We talked about thankfulness earlier on. Jesus was seen prophetically what these works were doing to disempower the God of this world 
And he rejoiced. Would we get excited when we go out? I mean, I'm expecting when we go out on the streets and we pray that miracles are going to happen. And one day, and I've seen some, but I don't see them enough. I want everyone to be healed who I pray for. So God can be glorified. Not some, everyone. How would we feel when we can go out there and, not, and people are going to come? People are going to become running to you guys because we're going to know the truth. We're the ones that are going to have the solution. Everything else is going to fail. Everything that man trusts in is going to diminish. And the truth is going to prevail. And they're going to run to us. Who is he? What's it? Why aren't you going to get the problem? Why aren't you getting the, the sickness? Why aren't you getting the worry or the anxiety or the depression? Because I'm in him. Can I believe you? What you've got? No problem. Come and meet my Lord. And everything that comes with Jesus in this word called salvation is everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything. So yeah, we get excited. But people who get healed eventually die. One's temporary, one's eternal. And now being in heaven and us going there is an eternal reward. Living an extra ten years and not dying of something, but still dying separated from God, is no win. It's a no-win situation. But Jesus gave the believers then a taste. A taste. It was going to come on them. And it was going to go off them. The Old Testament, remember, the Holy Spirit came, inspired, motivated, and revealed, and then left. It came... He motivated and revealed. And he left. And people are what's going on? I just, oh, I've written this. Wow, where did that come from? But we have him abiding. Everything that they had a taste of, we've got. And it's because we're not manifesting it and doing it. Let's be glad our names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. You know, we can break out the chairs and have a run around the block. Great, hallelujah. Tuesdays have been good lately. Um, Jesus was going to take back what the devil had stolen. And he was going to do it legally and under the realm of justice. Okay. To do this, his blood was going to be sprinkled on the altar in heaven. And so many things spring from that. But tonight we're just dealing with the devil being defeated. Amen. The war in heaven. Revelation 12, verses 7 to 9. 
A war broke out in heaven and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought but they did not prevail nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer so the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and satan who deceives the whole world he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him yeah that defiled heaven that war defiled heaven heaven was never the same until Jesus returned back there with his blood we don't know when that took place lots of people have studied Revelation for 30 years and there's lots of verses saying different things at different times but that's not what we're talking about here hallelujah so the devil and the third of the angels were cast down to the earth on the earth this is why there's uh, evil in the air for the want of a better word this is why at the last supper Satan was there filling Judas causing him to work the deceit that he worked you know after Jesus after Mary saw Jesus in the garden he says don't touch me Jesus was around and walking and doing things for 40 days before he ascended to the Father yeah so the people who wait in the upper room for the Holy Spirit to fall maybe we're only there for 10 some people say less than that but it's Acts 1 verses 9 and 10 the disciples saw Jesus ascend and this is where it says here now when he had spoken these things while they watched the disciples watched he was taken up in a cloud received him out of their sight and while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up behold two, two men come angels come right Jesus took his blood into the heavenly temple and sprinkled it on the altar and this sanctified the temple and sanctified heaven it shut the doors Satan could not come to that throne again it's purified and he's been cast down we'll get to the, the scripture right now the beautiful thing about this is in the, in the scripture I read to begin with it says that the, the, the requirements the written requirements of the law was nailed to the cross and that disarmed the devil as well because it's with the law that the devil accuses the brethren because we can't meet its requirements you didn't do that did you? no <laughs> were you condemned? And if you live under the law, it will always condemn you because it cannot be met. The requirements of the law cannot be met. The Ten Commandments, we said this last week, the Ten Commandments are great morally, 
that I can, that help you live and keep yourself clean and give you a good standard of living, but I cannot, cannot, cannot make you righteous anymore. Revelation 12, verse 10, Lewis, please. We're going to read this from the screen. Now we've got the amplified version. <clears throat> Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, No salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. No salvation has come. When do you think salvation come? At the resurrection. Hallelujah. When does the kingdom of God come? At the resurrection. When did the power of his Christ come? At the resurrection. For the accuser of the brethren who accused us before God has been cast down. Hallelujah. <laughs> woo! That's worth a woo! Is that an amen? Amen. I know somebody can say, is that a huh? Who's that? That's an amen. Okay. Jesus. Salvation come. The kingdom of God come. The strength of Christ come. His blood there delivered it on the throne. And no evil could stand in his way. And amongst the spiritual realm, there was a public procession and declaration that Jesus was the champion. I would have told you about the champion and Carmen. I don't believe it was anything like that. Jesus turned up, come in contact with Satan. There was no boxing match. You just had to bow the knee, sit down, shut yourself and say, Lord, these belong to you. And he gave them to him and says, Right. And he was defeated. Hallelujah. Now, the same. Scripture in the scripture in the um, the amplified version says this. Then I heard a strong, loud voice in heaven saying, "Now it has come, the salvation and the power and the kingdom, the dominion, the reign of our God, and the power of the sovereignty, the authority of His Christ, the Messiah." For the accuser of our brethren who keeps bringing before our God charges against them day and night has been cast out. Hallelujah! So I'm going to return to this scripture. Colossians 2, 14 and 15, Lewis. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them in it. And that's not a, an African dialect of some in it. What's in it? In the cross. In the cross. Hallelujah. And triumphing over them in it, in it means triumphant procession. 
And that happened in the days when Jesus and the kings fought in the Old Testament. When one king would fight up another king. And there would be a... Everything would be killed and, and, and cast. And they'd reap the benefits of what that people owned. And, and they brought it back. But this is what they used to do. The triumphant procession only happened when you, when you have defeated the enemy king, having disarmed his army and made a public display of him in the midst of the people who were threatened by him. Now this is typed in green, so it means go read it. So, okay. The victorious king, listen to this, would take all the king's family, his friends, high-ranking officers and officials, and make him watch while they were killed in front of his eyes. So his own eyes, he would see everyone who relied on him, who were important to him, who trusted in him, murdered in front of him. Then they would blind him. It would be the last thing the king saw. They might gouge out his eyes. Whatever it was, they would blind him. And that was the last thing that that king ever saw, was the mutilation of the people he cared and loved. And this was an act of showing and dis empowering and humiliating this king in front of the people right it was known sometimes that king's thumbs were cut off so they couldn't wield a weapon their toes big toes were taken off so they couldn't walk and then they were tied up and dragged through the villages of the very people they um, threatened and created terrorists and they were there pulled through so that all the people in the villages could come the children could go and sit on them kick them or throw stones at them and they couldn't do anything because they were being dragged humiliated to the max so everyone who had some kind of any fear or anticipation could get rid of it could see with their own eyes they could do something to, to see the devil's power is over the devil's power is overestimated in the church we give him too much honour for too much trouble we carry on like you think and he's organised and working things out and yet he's afraid he's scared he's got to organise he's in a panic mode because he's defeated hallelujah Revelation 10, Revelation 12, 10 to 12. We'll look at, look at this. Just add a couple of verses on. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. 
For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Hallelujah. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, all you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he only has a short time. Hallelujah. We're reading 1 Peter 5 verse 8, we're not going to put on. The devil goes around like a roaring lion. We know a roaring lion's got nothing of any threat except the noise. I, I want to bring this to you, okay. One of the teachings about... You see, again, we give, we give Satan this massive honour. We think he's powerful and he's got intrigue and wisdom and he hasn't. Listen to this scripture here. And this is part of a scripture that's um, it's seen prophetically as what took place in the past where he was concerned. But this is what it says about him. Put it up. Can you put anything up there? Yeah. Isaiah 14 verses 13 to 16, Lewis. We'll put this together. I'm glad we're coming close to finishing this. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. This is prophetic about the devil. Next verse, please. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. This is his desire. This is what... Try and change his heart. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Now this is what it looks like. Next verse. Those who see you and gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? Is this the one? The church has made him all big and powerful and... and of intrigue and voice, but he's got no power. He's got no authority. He's under our feet. He's quivering when we turn up and the light comes into the room. He hides in the corner in the dark. He's scared. But we don't know that. We don't know that. We get loads of people with lots of money and higher plans and put camouflage coving on and fight the devil in the heavens what there's no need it's finished Jesus has won he's defeated everything and everything about what the devil had it's finished he 
knows it only has a short time. And that's the truth. Nobody pops in a manifestation to me as we walk through our back. Or stuff that's going on between our ears. Because we deal with the thoughts and the vain imaginations. But if we keep focused on what you've just been shown and told, if you recognise you're a part of the victory, Jesus defeated the enemy, and we can help his victory. It's ours. It's mine to walk with. We don't need to give him any attention at all. He doesn't deserve to be spoken about or thought about. It's irrelevant. Turn your back and walk out. Just him who shook the nations. He's got nothing. Because Jesus took you. And us, the church, the powerful is weapon on the face of the earth. The church, men and women filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the church saying to the powers of darkness, thus far and no further, you aren't coming. I'm here. We're here as a bunch of people filled with power of God. Everything Jesus did, we can do. 1 John 4, 17 that we can have boldness on the day of judgment because as Jesus is so we in this world we know about the historical Jesus who went around helping and caring and healing but what about the new covenant high priest in the order of Melchizedek who can't fail is incredible, incredible and it's us Will it? And just let the Holy Spirit say something. We got the solutions are in us of all the whole own world, and we can stay in our kitchen, loving bottles. We can sit and talk about. Are we going to take up? And hold on to what we've got in the gospel. The power of God unto salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. That it all changed. The devil's defeated. He hasn't got any power anymore. Only if you give him it. Hallelujah. Try and give a song to sing there. Woo! Hallelujah. Should we just raise our hands? If you believe this now, you, you raise your hands right now and recognize Lord, the inheritance that you sought for us at the cross. Lord, when you went to heaven and poured out your blood onto the brazen altar of the heavenly temple, Lord, that inheritance we receive right now. Lord, we wake up our understanding, we wake up our, uh, our wisdom, we wake up the understanding of our heart, and Lord, we pray that you'll take us to help us to communicate this truth, to walk it out in our daily life, to take hold of it, Lord God, and that we'll be confident to lay hands on the sick, 
to cast out devils when they come in the way and to rise up holy hands to our God who's worthy of our praise hallelujah we give you the praise and the glory Lord the praise and the glory Lord hallelujah hallelujah yeah I'll sing this in a close.